Hey folks, you're listening to the Uncensored Fitness Podcast, hosted by Gary Martin and Sean Gallagher. In today's episode, we go over team sport nutrition, alcohol, team mentality, never going two days without doing something, and ego. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Going off of uh, yesterday, we'll go uh, another kind of free-flowing kind of one. Exactly. That suits. So yeah, um, earlier we were talking about the idea of uh, team sports, and uh, you were quite you were kind of going on about that uh, nutrition with uh, team sports, especially kind of amateur, whether it be you know second or third, I suppose third or fourth division, I suppose um, teams and that there's this lack of seriousness when it comes to nutrition sides, even pre-match, like I told you about uh, a few of the experiences I had uh, heading up to Belfast and us stopping in the shop beforehand and <laughs> nearly every every man there on the bus getting a breakfast roll. Yeah, Locus, as I've seen, I've seen it myself, I've been in that kind of bubble as well of, oh look, Especially Gaelic more so than rugby. There's kind of a select few with the rugby, I find, but I, I can remember there on a Sunday morning. Jeez, the Gaelic. Oh, lad, we've only got 13. We need 15. Like, we can't play 13 aside. Ringing round to men. And there could be still on the beer, or you, or you could be lads, could be just on their way home. You could be picking them up in their going out gear that they had on the night before. And they were like, right, get whatever you can get in. So, like, it was the bottles of Lucasade or it was the breakfast roll or it was getting... There was no idea of, right, have a bit of Greek yogurt or have a bit of something that's good quality, you know, like it's going to build up a little bit of strength, a little bit of energy. It was just comfort food, comfort food, comfort food, you know, just to basically get yourself moving, you know, and worry about the, worry about the drawbacks afterwards, you know. Yeah. Um just on that then, do you uh have you experienced it much since you've had your qualification then? You know, like is there this I suppose uh pressure on you to do you think to say, come here lad, what you what you playing at getting the bacon and the hash brown roll with a few sausages an hour before the game? Oh stop. I said since as the the most annoying day of my life and the greatest day I found was when I started telling people that I was a personal trainer. Because if you were having a beer, or should you not be just drinking raw vodka? You know, the fact that, like, the fellas that are even say, oh, there's no calories in it. Just cut yourself on. And it's like, oh, what are you doing drinking beer? So that's, that's high in calories. Or it's like, oh, why are you getting the pizza? Or why are you getting the Chinese? Why aren't you eating rabbit food? You know, it's like, they're the same fellas that are doing it also. So like, telling me not to do it so they can get away with doing it themselves, you know? But, yeah, uh, it's, it's a funny one. Like, you'd always do find the people of, of a sure you should know that you shouldn't be taking or you shouldn't be having it. And then you're sitting there like a parrot repeating yourself all the time. Well, lads, it's all about balance. Like, if like, I've seen it myself, I've had breakfast rolls after after games different like if we if we had an early morning game like we had an early morning game there at Valley Channel one morning it was at 11 o'clock mm. I finished about half 12 and I, I we were heading back up to the pub I had the breakfast roll in, in a brown bread sandwich and mm. what are you doing what are you doing like mm. I says well like it's incorporated in I basically just burnt this amount of calories if not more I was like, and then this is me for the day because it's going to be a few beers and then that's it, you know? But like, you're sitting there thinking like, oh my God, what are you doing that? I was like, well, it was a, it's been a dirty more than just got absolutely hammered around the place. This is a little bit of comfort food to get you through the day rather than do what the rest of the boys were doing, not eat anything, go on the feed of pints and then have about seven burgers and three pieces at two o'clock that morning, you know? So it was like, that little, that little balance of those, don't even know the full breakdown of it at the time. Say, let's say it was eight hundred calories with the with the brown bread, 
on top of the beer. So like I was still going to be hitting my daily caloric intake. I, I was going to be going well above it with like, once the Guinness and once the bottles of Corona or, or, or that was going to be blowing the arse out of it. But rather than try to say, no, no, eat nothing after the game. So get the, the best possible option you could get. Look, it was the best thing that could have been got at that time, sadly, straight away after the game. But the little remembering about that little bit of refueling rather than just having having a pipe begin us. Look at it's uh you can also look at at the perspective that if you eat that it'll satiate and fill you up more. Whereas if you go on the pint straight away, you're going to scull back a few extra ones if you didn't have that uh that meal there and then on top of that the alcohol dehydrate you and if you've after played a high intense enough uh, match, you know exactly you're in for a rough the other, the other point I would make, and it's quite a big point, and I've seen it myself coming from the idea of lads thinking they're doing the right thing of, no, no, I'll not eat now. I'll just go straight on the drink, you know, this whole eating, cheating, eating, cheating. And they're the same boys that after the first pint of Guinness, they have seven packets of bacon fries, three packets of potato, half a tub of peanuts, and whatever bars of chocolate are running that's behind the, behind the counter. So, like, they're just... Absolutely annihilating the place, you know. Yeah, you're just uh, it's a matter of picking your poison and and sticking to the better the two options, I guess. That's it. Like as you know yourself, and anybody listening here, they can they can have a gawk on my page. There, I have posted up a couple of things in the past there about. Look, as as you know yourself, it's not something I like to go into in in depth too often calories. But I have I have um, Corona and I have spirits. And I think there's one up there for Guinness as well, for kind of the caloric intake. So it's it's just, as I say, if it's something you're interested in, it's a good guide to have, the least you know, right? I don't want to be, as I say, Billy No Mates or, oh, why aren't you on the beer tonight? Oh, you're on antibiotics or you're just being a dry hole, you know? That you can incorporate it in, you know? So just cut back your meals for the week leading up to the rugby match. But as I say, as you know yourself, be mindful when you're playing a team sport or a field sport. I wouldn't be getting too caught up on that those calories because in terms of playing sport, calories and energy balance is your friend. So, like, if you're 500 calories up going into a match, it's a hell of a lot better than being 500 calories down, as you know yourself, because it can be a big, big factor, like an extra 500 calories in that body to help help that energy balance, help help the recovery even during the game. It can be a lot better than me going into a game hungry, that's for sure. Yeah, like uh, once you know yourself, what your digestion, how that works. Like me, I realistically need to eat two hours before a game and nothing then before that because my stomach's going to be in stitches 10 minutes into the match and that's me just pretty much fucked for the next while. So like it's about knowing how well you process the food and then the idea then of the calories, I think that's useful for everyone to know uh, when it comes to alcohol. Because uh, I remember I got sent on a photo of, it was the sugar content of, I think it was Orchard Thieves or uh, Bulmers, it was uh, some, some form of cider. And it's like, oh my god! I didn't realize there was it was this equivalent of energy drink. I think Coke in it or something like that. And oh, it's, man, just, it's, it's scary. It's scary. I, was sit, I was sitting there doing. I was like, no, no shit though. <laughs> it's from it's from fermented fruit. <laughs> it's going to have fructose in it. You know exactly. Like even like the prime example I have here. So say right. So per 100 grams of beer, so like the Corona is the example I'm using, there's 43 calories. So like, I'm pretty sure they're, they're 330 mil, they're 330 mil um, bottles. So you can you could multiply that by three. So you're talking about 100, 120 calories per bottle of Corona. When you're in with a group of uh, big bulky uh, rugby lads that like uh, torpedo shot drinks, or they might give you the wee, you know yourself, a little smack on the like, you know, yourself being in that team environment, if you're the boy that's on the bottles, because I know myself in the past couple of years, 
the, the ability to drink isn't there anymore, thankfully. So I'd always try to stick with the bottles of Corona rather than the Guinness of the Heineken because it just, it just fucks you up. You get drunk way quicker. Like, and like this idea of, oh, it's more expensive as this. Well, you don't want to be blackout drunk halfway through the night, you know, especially with those kind of lads, that's for sure, because God knows what way you'd be sent home. So like, that's the example. I was just, I was just putting in the point there of, yeah, so per 100 grams of Corona, we're talking 43 calories. So when you break it down in or around, let's say 120, bulk it up to 150 calories. So even if you were to think that, right? Like I'm not telling anybody to, to cater how many bottles of Corona they're going to have because if they say they're going to have 12, they're going to have 24. If you're counting that high, if you say you're going to have one, you deserve a smack in the face because anybody that goes out, no matter when they go out and say they have one, they have a, a mental instability because there's no way you have one. You don't even have one when you're at home having it by yourself, you know? Are you, are you sponsored by them or something? A Corona, man, there's... Oh, there's accidentally a truck of Corona backing into my house here now at the minute. Oh, so anybody uh, wants a discount code here for Corona, come to uh, notme.com, 99%. <laughs> so, yeah, look, it's very simple. You can still go out. You can still have the crack with the lads after the match. The way I've broken it up in the in this past, I suppose, couple of years is no more than kind of general day-to-day life. Be prepared. Have your banana with you or have your little bit of a granola bowl or have even just what I find a great recovery myself, just turkey, just turkey slices. I think it's a great because I find them a little bit heavier, so it fills me that little bit quicker. So... I would always kind of go more for the, the bowl of fruit, uh, just the slices of turkey, something along those lines that's going to fill me up, going to make me feel a little bit uh, after the rugby match and probably going against the way I'm thinking now at the moment. But I suppose when the rugby does come back, I'll be trying my almond milk or my oat milk, but I'll be having I'll be having a glass of milk. So I'd be having my Avonmore. Well, we don't really say Avonmore. Let's say I'd be having my protein milk afterwards. <laughs> That's what I would have been. So I would have gone for, prime example, my last rugby match, I would have been a packet of turkey, a Glenesque yogurt there with a little addition into it, and a protein milk. So that was had on the drive to the pub. And then it would have been pints of Guinness and hot whiskeys for till God knows when. <laughs> you know? But it made the difference of running into the shop again, grabbing a chicken fillet roll or... You know, because like there was there was three other lads in the car with me that day, and they were like, "Get me to the takeaway quick, get me to the deli counter quick, get me to the pub quick," and I have all of the crisps and all of the like. They were going for their copperbergs and going for the orchard thieves, you know, to start off. So they were calling their orchard thieves or their copperbergs basically their after their after match meal, really, because as you know yourself, the orchard thieves, the ciders, even the copperbergs, yes, they're lovely. But my oh my are they sweet. And like mm-hmm. I, I I forbid anybody from putting them into my fitness pal because you're gonna see some scary numbers. <laughs> some scary, scary numbers. So again, it's all about preparing properly. And I'd say if you want to do it right, you will. Because on those days, even before those games, if I wasn't feeling great, I would have I wouldn't have bothered preparing and I wouldn't have got the turkey or I wouldn't have done this. I would have just had the pizza or I would have just because as you say, you're gonna make the decision if you want to make the decision. Like I could have got the pizza or the chicken fillet roll with the lads and left those turkey slices in the car. But it's all about again, like I'm probably like a broken record, but it's all about knowing your why and remembering it. Like no matter what situation you're in. And it's a it's quite a weird point, and you'll probably agree with me. Peer pressure can be a big part of it too when you come into that team environment because Lads will be like, oh, cut yourself on. You're right with the lads. Come on, have the crack. Sure. You're, you're after absolutely annihilating yourself there in the rugby pitch. You can have a pizza. You can have this. You know yourself what your numbers are before you come in there. But once, as I say, like the little the devil on one side of the shoulder and the angel on the other side of the shoulder, it's very easy to just fall into that rabbit hole and be like, oh, sure, they're all getting pizzas. I may as well have one too, you know? So don't, don't get sidetracked. Don't fall into that rabbit hole because... You may blow the arse of all you've done that week and the week before just for that one week. 
yeah, look, you have to firstly to stay away from the forwards and you'd be that's half the battle, I think. Exactly. <laughs> you won't exactly. get caught. You won't get caught in a boat race. Uh, boat race. But I think the the most important thing is like aside oh, from the boat uh, race. Why would you even bring that? Oh, oh the shivers. Oh, the shivers. <laughs> the, the pre prep that you do before the match, which is like your post meal and your pre meal, so you're setting yourself up for later in the day. I think the most damage is done later on in the night or the evening where you've had a few drinks in and you might not have had that post-match protein source that keeps you satiated and some uh, carbs or some nice dense fats in just to keep you full. So when you're later on in the night and, uh, you know, you, you start getting the cravings for food and you're just your willpower is going to be gone down because you've after played a match you're fucked and you've had god knows how much alcohol you're going to be looking at something something nice and salty because you've exerted yourself so you're going to be looking at chipper the burger place or wherever that's where the real damage is done whatever about the the number of pints you have if you're adding then in your trans fatty acids on top of that and all that greasy seafood, that's where the real damage is going to come in. Exactly. So, like, you see, that's that's your difference, and it's what I'm saying to a lot of lads and even a lot of young fellas just coming through the rugby team there and the, the Gaelic team. It's like, why am I, like, when we don't have a match for two or three weeks, why am I getting on so well with training and I'm just on the outskirts of the starting 15 or, like, the, the starting panel? And then once we have a match, I'm blowing the arse and I'm way back to where I started. And like they don't, the maturity isn't there for a lot of the younger lads. And then any of the boys, the mindset is weak on. They don't realize there hasn't been any beer and there hasn't been any sessioning because nobody has gone out because we've been in training mode. And then they blow the arse and hit the fuck it button. And then Saturday turns into maybe two, three days with your calories, with liquid calories and chippers afterwards. And then you're hanging like a badger's arse on Sunday. And then you go again, you might go for the breakfast show in the morning or you could be back in, in the pub in the morning, you know? And like guys could have a week's worth of calories, maybe even two weeks worth of calories for somebody. Somebody started to get a double and God, I've been there. And then they don't realize why we're training on Tuesday night again, boys. Oh, no, you're the boy that turns into, oh, I'm working late or I just know I've niggled, you know? You may have picked up a bit of a niggle during the game and you don't realise then all that bad wasted food and wasted calories is only going to prolong your recovery. So, like, you give the shoulder a bit of a niggle if you're going in hard on a, on a tackle or if you got creased and the ribs were sore. Those bad calories and those, especially the alcohol, because as you say yourself, it dehydrates you. We all know about how, how harmful it can be in the body before or performance kind of games where it can cause hamstring tears and it can just it can do lots of damage from the way it dehydrates you so you may as well think about it session afterwards you're basically writing your week off the next week so that's why they look at it they look at this thing and they all talk about rugby on a high level but there's a big difference the boys with the bottle of Heineken in their hand afterwards when they're when they're celebrating and they're jumping around but you don't see the behind the scenes of what what after um, what after game meal they've had or how they've worked that bottle of Heineken that's in their hand. Like you see the Leinster boys, they're, they're probably there's a big sponsorship there with Heineken. The bottle is in their hand. You don't see too many of the boys taking a sip out of it. You know they're shaking around the place, but you don't see too many of them taking a sip out of it. You know, so it's it's the difference of knowing what you need to do, not just thinking everybody else is doing it. I ain't gonna jump in and do that because. The fella that could be telling you get stuck in, oh, have to crack, have to crack. He may know fine well. Well, I don't plan on playing the game next weekend, so I'm leaving my week as a write off. You know, but you could be in a different position where you're pushing your, you're pushing hard to get in and hold that starting position. He could be the guy that's there this last ten years. He's the first name on the team sheet. You know, even if he's hanging, he's going to get a game. You know, so like, forget about what everybody else is doing is the big point I would make on that. But don't don't fall into the rabbit hole and fall into the peer pressure of 
a copper Javon, don't be a dry arse. Have a mm-hmm. have a beer or, or have a pint. Don't be don't be on your zero zeros or don't be this, don't be that. You know, so just mm-hmm. keep keep in your lane and remember, well, I need to remember about tomorrow. And don't even just worry about tomorrow. I need to worry about Tuesday, you know? And like it sounds like a bore and a lot of people probably don't want to hear it. That's maybe in the lower levels of playing your junior football. I just want to have the crack and I'm only doing it to burn a few calories so I can eat what I want during the week or I can go for the pints with the lads. If you're that fella, fair play to you. Keep her lit. Enjoy yourself. But if you're in that stepping stone period coming from underage where you have to go through that kind of a dirty group of lads of they may have been high performers and they're on their way out or the, I suppose, you know, like the party lads that just are there for the crack. They've been there the last 10 years. They may have been a great player, but they just don't give a fuck, you know? When you're coming through that, and that's where, as you know yourself, a lot of lads can fall into that rabbit hole that may have had the potential to be match winners on their own, but they were they were naive and easily led at that time because we all are when we're younger and can can just follow the crowd and the, the sheep mentality can take over. So remember, when you're coming into it, don't forget what got you there because... Even on a junior team, even if you're black, useless and you're young, nine times out of ten, they still don't want you, you know? So, like, you've done something right to get yourself there, keep going. That's what I would say. Don't don't say, well, I'm here now, fuck it. Let's just act the bollocks, you know? So, like, that's and that's what I'm saying to a lot of kind of younger lads. And, like, I have a group of under 15 lads there now that I'm coaching. And... Thankfully, they're not, unlike when we were under 15, they're not doing any of that messing as of yet. <laughs> but it makes the big difference to remember what got you there, because a few of them are playing with the under 17s, and they're there and they're being talking to us, and they're saying, all right, well, what can we do? Like, they're so hungry to play under 15 and play under 17, but they're they're kind of thinking, well, the under 17 boys are trying to drag them up. Oh, no, be here at every session. Be here for every game. And then they're slightly forgetting about their under-15 duties. And they're thinking, well, you're a main player here. Don't forget, just because you got called up and you're going to get maybe one minute of a game by just letting that take over, you know. So it's probably falling into a rabbit hole here of going into too much kind of coaching and kind of sport talk. But it's a big, it's a big mindset. If you can get into it in a positive way, you you don't need a coach. You're You're basically you're the finished article as far as I'm concerned. If you can get the head right and realize what I need to do, you just, it's plain sailing. Yeah. Like it's all about staying on target. Cause it's kind of going back to the idea of once you get into that starting team, whether it be your uh, juniors or uh, under 21 teams, or even breaking into the senior team, you have that hunger to start because you're, you're pushing to get in there and you want to show your best self. So you're putting in the extra sessions, your nutrition's probably going to be dialed in more and your recovery. But like once you get into that uh, team group panel, whatever it may be, there's the potential to just slack off. You've let the ego get in the way and think I'm in this now. I don't need to, need to work because I started three of the matches with the senior panel and I don't need to put in the effort now with the under-18s team. So, um, Exactly. And as I says, says, coming back to my own experiences there, I've seen it there where I had a game last year and the the three young fellas that were with the under-17s, I had to drop one of them going into a game and I took some serious slack and I had guys looking at me, what are you doing? And he was. He was our best player. But... He didn't turn up to seven out of the five sessions we had over the last 10 days. So I was like, do I want to be just this doormat that right win, win, win at all costs and let this young fella think, well, I can get away with doing this because I have ability. But that made the difference for him because he was just on the cusp of, well, I'm after getting 20 minutes there with the under 17s last weekend. He got that 20 minutes because the man that he replaced went off injured. So, like, you're not going to blame the under-17 managers by bringing him in, putting him in, because he knew he was fit for it. But he was absolutely bollocks the next day and wasn't fit to train. And he was, because he was better around. Like, he was a 
14 going 15 year old young fella going in there and he was getting better around the place well fit for it but his body still wasn't recovered as of yet the same as a 16 or 17 year old you know yourself you know the science behind it but that's the difference like yeah the big thing is you can have especially with team sports you know it as well as I do coming from the GA and rugby background they're in everything that little rotten egg we all know a rotten egg or a rotten piece of fruit can absolutely destroy the whole group. But if you have that fella that has the ability, but he doesn't have the work ethic, that's the guy that you you either pull him on it from day one or you just rip him out. Not, like if you have your rotten strawberry sitting on the top of your pile of strawberries, within a couple of days, you're dumping all of the strawberries out, you know? Probably sounds silly. But it comes back to it. If you have the guy, I've seen that a natural half forward or like a naturally big lad in rugby that can, even when he's hasn't trained in six months, he can still go in there and do a job because, you know, yourself, the boy coming from the farming background or coming from the big cake Egypt background or maybe the builder, you know, he feels, I don't have to make the effort because I'm good enough, you know, and like the chip on the shoulder, that's the guy that the young fella that's on his way up needs to stay away from. Because, look, yes, he could be a great crack and he's the best buck on a night out and he's always the man if you ring for the session, he's there, he's on it. But you have to look at where he's come from. He was an up-and-coming, promising, promising player. Kind of had it all at his feet. And then it just he just kind of stagnated. He never went past playing club or he never went past playing with the second, you know? It's probably getting kind of heavy, but it's the it's the thought process that young fellas that want to get there need to have, you know. Yeah, like it's it's literally a matter of keeping yourself in check, and if you're unsure of something, go to your coach, go to your manager, or someone you do trust who can guide you, who's been in that position to guide you to get you to where you're going and to help maintain you there. Yeah. Uh, it kind of goes into the idea that um, you shouldn't go more than two days without doing something if it's, I say, exercise, for example, or your nutrition. If you, if I now went off and got a takeaway today, it wasn't planned, and then I then come tomorrow, I'd be looking to get back on to uh, get my nutrition back dialed in. The same way if I was supposed to schedule to have a, a gym session today mm-hmm. and I did it for whatever reason because of life, I'm going to make sure I get back on that and not skip it then tomorrow or get the takeaway tomorrow. I'm making sure that I'm reinforcing my mindset by showing up that next day Die not skipping so it doesn't become this trend or this habit because I think you were saying it was I think it's 22 days uh, James Clare was saying for the yeah. formation of habit but it's just that uh, feedback loop it's you know uh, sure I didn't do anything today and I got a takeaway sure I'm winning <laughs> I didn't exert myself and I got some tasty food and I'm not going to be sore tomorrow but it's like is this actually put me forward Exactly. So that's the way of, it's all about you needing to know your why. Like, look, I say, if you're happy with being that Jack and I'm liking you, everyone coming in, and I know them, and look, we were all in that, I, I myself was in that position plenty of times, talking at all, because you were a great lad when you were younger, because you were this, you were that. And there's plenty of boys that just lose the focus, lose the drive, and lose the motivation because of the lifestyle choices they've made. And at the end of the day, we're all big enough and ugly enough to realize you got to paddle your own canoe. So it's it's all about just knowing and realizing the short-term and the long-term benefits of what you're doing. So like, if I'm in your house now this evening and I'm after having a dinner, a good solid dinner, your proteins, carbs, fats, all into it, but I'm landing into you and you're hanging like a badger's arse and then you're going to order a takeaway. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I've already asked, I'm already on my good calorie track if I decide to go in on a Domino's with him or go in on a Chinese with him, it's going to blow the arse out of me. So it's realizing and, and making the decision of, right, do I need to take myself out of this situation, leave, 
or do I need to realise, right, I'm here and having a crack with the lads, we're playing the PlayStation, we're watching a movie, I'm about to consume an extra thousand calories that I shouldn't be consuming, I'm going to go and burn the shit out of this tomorrow, or I'm going to add in a running session, or I'm going to add in a, a weight session. You've got to think, right, how am I going to use this? Because a lot of the time, it could be quite a small meal, and it may not even be very satisfactory, but it can be quite detrimental. So it's knowing, right, and just being up front and being honest with yourself, right, I'm going to do the crime, I'm going to do the time. If I'm having this dominoes right now, I got to get in the gym. I want to get a good pump on the arms. I want to get a, a good heavy leg session in. So making use of it rather than, right, I'm going to have this big dirty dominoes and I'm going to lie here and watch Netflix with the lads or going to play a PlayStation and then feel like shy tomorrow and then do nothing tomorrow. Be going into the Tuesday session, not prepared, not in shape, not being any way able to go probably not warming up properly or prehabbing properly because you're tired and feeling shit going into the session and then maybe causing yourself a stupid little injury or nine times out of ten causing yourself a severe injury because you didn't prepare properly so I'm probably scaring a lot of people saying things like that but that's the way you have to think like that pizza on a Sunday evening covered the difference of you being out for six weeks you know because it could be something simple. You may have a little bit of a niggle there at that time. And then you go into a big, dirty, hard session on Tuesday because you're feeling bad about yourself. I didn't do anything on Sunday. I didn't do anything on Monday. I'm going to go ham now, Tuesday night, and then pull up or get a niggle or maybe call something drastic, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like It's uh, tying into the idea of nearly overcompensating for when you don't show up and do what you need to do. Like today, for example, I went for first run and uh, I say two months nearly. Uh-huh. And I was there, I was getting ready and I was debating, should I put on the weight vest or not? Uh, see how that goes. I was like, I best not because uh, I haven't done this in a while. And thank God I didn't. Cause, uh... Completely. <laughs> Completely. But you see, that's, that's the difference. You see, you can, yeah, you see, when you have a different thing too, and it probably comes back into it, and it's a rabbit hole that we're not going to fall into now, it's a podcast for a different day. The idea of having the good mindset, but just falling off the wagon. And then when you do go back to go training, you try to go 100 miles an hour day one. Like You could have put on that weighted vest and about six days on you today, and you could be just dead now after doing 20 minutes or an hour of a run. And you could maybe blow the arse out of your week rather than a nice, steady little 20 minutes or 40 minutes every day that's going to set you up for the next six, eight, ten weeks, you know? Exactly. Like, uh, like even I think I got about 1K into it, and it's like, man, my lungs are fairly burning. You know, you, you I, imagine you know if you I had that weighted vest on you, you'd be, you would have been turning back after oh, 1K. Yeah, exactly. Like, But uh, that's the difference between kind of checking yourself before you do something and letting the ego get in the way and going, oh, here, here I go, it's it's lockdown and going out for the run and yeah. I have the vest on as well, you know, it's like being out to be seen and that kind of shit. But that's it, you see, it's don't, don't start playing the, like what I just say to a lot of people and I use it myself, don't play the big dick, small dick game of I've done nothing for a full six weeks, I'm going to go for a run, I'm going to do 10k, you know, like it's like, Cut yourself on, have a little talk with yourself and realize, right, no, I'm going to do 2K. But the difference is, instead of doing the 10K in one go, I'm going to do 2K for the next five days, you know? Instead of getting my 10K in over the week, if I try and do 10K today, I'm going to bollock myself out. Maybe the last 6, 8K isn't going to be any benefit. I'm probably going to be barely moving. It's just going to be walk. And I'm going to do nothing for the rest of the week because I'm going to say to myself, should I done 10K on Sunday? I absolutely busted myself, but I done it. Rather than doing a real good quality 2K, Monday to Friday, or even Monday to Sunday, take two days off. If you break that down, and even just think about it now as I'm saying it, that's going to be so much more beneficial because you were were 100% prepared for all of those 2K, rather than your 10K in one go, whereas you might have got to 1.7K, and then you dropped 50%. Probably dropped it 
30%. And you know yourself, you do a big, dirty, long run, the last half of it could be done at 10%, or it mightn't be done at all, you know? Exactly. Like, you'd be... Uh, it's basically helping you build up that aerobic thresholds where when you're taking a, a segment by segment, because as you said, that, that 10K that you could have done, that's you then gone for the next whatever few days. Whereas you're being consistent, you're getting, not only are you getting your aerobic threshold up, but you're also getting your pacing right. You're probably decreasing the time on your 2K or 2.5K run that you're doing for those four slash five days. So overall, when you compile them together and gradually build upon that, so 2K into 4K into 6 and 8 and then eventually 10, that's probably probably going to trim down that 10K, whereas if you went 10K raw. And like, it's bringing it back to it. I know, well, we've been talking a lot about sports and kind of team, so I suppose... Anybody that's listening to this that's coming from just doing their own training mindset, start with something you love. If you love training arms, first day back to the gym, do an arm session. If you love training legs, do your leg session on your first day back because if you're doing something you hate on day one, forget about it. You've already given up before you even start because the pain and aches you're going to feel and those doms, like if you love getting a big dirty pump on those arms, get those arms done on day one, you know, because when you're feeling those doms then in a day or two days time, you're thinking, well, I want these arms to be like doing a whole portion out of my arms, you know? So like, do what you enjoy. So like, if you know and somebody else is doing a 10K or doing a 5K, that's what you got to get off Instagram. You got to get off Facebook. Forget about what everyone else is doing because everyone else is in you. You might need to be doing 10K, but you're not doing it. So just forget about it. Do five, yeah, yes, do five good quality two Ks rather than doing a, a piss ass ten K. You know, and the difference is exactly. you're going to be when you're kind of in that will I won't I on Wednesday mode. You'll be thinking, well, I busted the arse of that two K on Monday, and I done it even better on Tuesday. Right, I'm not in the mood now. It's Wednesday at lunchtime. Well, fuck it, I ain't going to beat the time I done yesterday. Rather than thinking. Oh, week of horrors and then now I'm talking about Sunday again to do another 10k I'm gonna I'm just gonna die I can't do it like you've been in the terrors all week rather than chipping away a little bit chipping away a little bit chipping away a little bit you know keeping it nice and keeping it simple because at the start you have to keep it enjoyable because it's all right for like you or me when you're in the mindset and you're there and you know it's going to be rank and you've got the kind of the jitters it's going to be class crack I'm going to be getting early ready to get sick there's not a lot of people with that kind of freakish mindset. There's a lot of people that are hating the ideas of doing a dirty session and then just pull the plug because of it. So if you're not one of those small minority that loves the burn and loves the feeling of, oh my God, I'm going to pass out, you have to remember, right, i got to ease myself into it. i got to ease myself into it, you know? Exactly, like... Um... Make sure, making sure it's achievable so that you're able to do it. And then once you've done it and you've done it for whatever, two, three weeks, build up on it. So if you're, if you did 2K for four days or five days, whatever that is, switch it up then to two and a half K for the next two or three weeks, build up on it. If that's your goal, it's going back to your kind of touch not there, but yeah. the gym, like day, day one, you're going back and you decide to do chest don't let the ego uh, set in where you are doing working sets of 80, 90, 60, whatever kilo. Don't expect to be doing that after the five or six exactly. weeks unless you have the stuff yeah. at home. The prime example on that one is if you're sitting at home now and you're in lockdown and you're doing frig all, only a couple of bodyweight workouts, and I've chatted to this to a couple of people, you're as well up your plans and your PBs you've had pre-lockdown. Yes, you may get back to them very quickly because you have your bit of a training age and that kind of muscle memory is there. But if you were kind of, say you were knocking out 100 kg on your bench pre-lockdown, you go back in the gym tomorrow morning and try and do that, you're, you're, you're going to kill yourself. 
recipe for disaster. You go back in there tomorrow morning and start with a nice working weight of 60 kg on your bench. You imagine how much of a boss you're going to feel that you're absolutely, you're throwing that 60 kg up and down. It's not going to be so much better for your mindset and your mental health rather than being Billy Big Bollocks coming in and loading up that 100 kg and then hopping underneath it. And everyone else watching you barely get one rep and nerdy shit yourself and just not know what way to go, you know? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Like, I remember going off of last lockdown, the temptation was there to go and uh, slap on the few extra plates and do the normal working uh, range. was like, no, I'll give it to two, two, three weeks. Let it slowly build up, get that volume in and that intensity. So then after that two, three weeks, you're back at where you should be. Exactly. Look, it's very simple, man. It's just when you're at it, when you're at it a while, it becomes very simple. You just you have to remember that training is the exact same as normal general life. Like if you've been off work for an entire week, you're not gonna go straight back in on day one and gonna go a hundred mile an hour and be just thinking, right, I've had a week off. I need to settle myself back in. So I need to slowly build myself back up. I need to go through my diary. You're, you're not going to look at everything that was left, like all the emails you haven't read all week long. You're not going to go back in at five past nine on Monday morning and open them all and look after them all within two minutes. Like You're not going to try and do your 40 hours work from last week in five minutes. You're going to chip away at it all week long, along with the work you're in next week. You know, so like that's probably the best analogy I could put on it is You've been off for that week. You either decide I'm going to write it off and throw it away or I'm going to keep chipping away at it then when I come back next week, you know. So it's just being smart and not, yeah, the only way to put it is not self because you can kill yourself with kindness and you can just self-sabotage and realize, right, I'm going to go in on day one. I'm going to go 100 miles an hour. I'm going to either sink or swim and nine times out of ten you sink. Yeah, like, um, I can't really add much more into it, so it's kind of staying on the topic. What's been the biggest uh, question or feedback that you've got from clients with regard to lockdown and, I suppose, training throughout lockdown and then, I suppose, post-lockdown, what's the... What's the vibe and expectation from yeah. clients? Hey, the biggest feedback is quite simple and it can be quite funny for some people. It's just the people that are so used to being spoon fed. So like the guys that are in that team environment that don't basically kind of take it seriously themselves that the strength and conditioning coach in the team looks after their fitness. They just do it. <clears throat> the coach tells them what they should be eating or when they shouldn't be out in the beer. That has been all ripped out from under people now. So those are the kind of guys now that are just, oh my God, what the hell is going on? Like their balance, their structure has just disappeared. So those are the kind of guys and girls that are reaching out to me a lot more now because they're like, what the hell? I've been playing football all year, every year, the last 10 years, and now it's gone. I put on a couple of stone. I put on a couple of kg in the last couple of months. What the hell? So it's, that's the real big question, and that's coming from absolutely everyone. How do I reincorporate that? And it's very hard, but you need to just, like we said yesterday in the podcast, of you need to decide, right, am I going to keep eating these 3,000 calories a day, and am I going to find some other way to burn it the way I would have burned it with a pitch session, or am I going to cut that in half, or am I going to cut that down by 20%, 30%? It's just making those drastic choices or drastic changes because – if you're going from training four nights a week, three nights a week, to it would have been the same if you got injured. You know, when you were in when you were in season, you would have cut your calories back also. So it's just remembering and realizing, right? Football's not coming back anytime soon, or whether you're in a county circle or wherever you are, it's remembering, right? I got to adapt. I've got to change it up. So as I do say, it's just basically take a bit of ownership and get out of that mindset you were in of you were being mollycoddled, you were being spoiled for years. Everybody was telling you what to eat, when to eat, when to train, what to train, how hard to train. 
it can happen a lot of fellas, and especially in the club scene, you can be spoon fed. Like, we all might have wanted to go out in the beer seven nights a week when we were playing, but we were watched like hawks and we were told where we should be and where we needed to be. So you didn't go out. Those fellas now can go on the beer seven nights a week if they want to. Some of them probably are, but look, that's the different side of it. It's just about growing up, taking the bull by the horns and taking ownership of yourself because if not, you're going to fall down a slippery, slippery slope. Yeah, like accountability. Uh, we were talk- we were talking about Derry yesterday. Um, yeah, it's massive. So, uh, yeah, like it, what, if you have someone that you're able to talk to to keep you on track when you're out of that team environment, that's that's huge. That, that's but, the uh, biggest point I would make, and I've said it to a lot of lads that's in a team environment. And this isn't me plugging, trying to get a bit of work. Anybody that's coming out of a team environment, and if you're not still actively training with that team environment, you need to get onto a personal trainer or an SSC coach ASAP because you were in a you were in a little bubble there where you were messaging into a WhatsApp group every day of the week, probably dialing in your food or sending in pictures of what you're having for breakfast, lunch, and tea, and you were putting in pictures when you were doing your weight sessions. You're putting in pictures when you were doing your running sessions. That went from everything to just that group that hasn't done anything in about three months. You need to jump on with a personal trainer or a strength coach or somebody. Like, Even if you don't want to invest, you need to get on to the lads there in that group chat and be like, right, we need to take the bulk of the horns, boys. We need to sort this shit out. Yeah, 100%. Um, like, even just... I, I know you kind of touched there about um, the WhatsApp group, but even if you have like-minded individuals that want to put in the effort but don't know where to go, like just starting a WhatsApp group with each other and keeping each other accountable. Like it's not hard to piece it together. Oh, look, for the fitness sessions every week we do, we usually do uh, whatever, a few laps. So that adds up to whatever... Uh, 400 meter sprints and then some uh, push ups and burpees and bear crawls like if you can't do that in a group just throw it in the group chat saying this is what I'm doing today here's the workout plan and you do that and then you send that in saying this is what I've done exactly. have you done the same so it's very simple you know yourself you've came out of the team environment the same as me when you're kind of maybe I've seen it myself when we were in college or when you made attitude or mindset of you might have been on the outskirts of the team and you see that group chat coming or that message coming into the group chat from the coach uh, has every man got their weight session in or has every man got their running session in this week or today post up your times post up your screenshot and you're sitting there thinking oh there's no there's no getting out of this there's no getting away from this you know and um, you know that kind of a way so it's like it's a great way to keep you accountable if you're coming out of that team environment if you're getting a message from me on Wednesday right Gary what's the story how's the nutrition been this week or what's the plan going forward and you're kind of like oh I'm not playing football like you need to if you can't do it yourself it's the same with a child if you're not able to look after yourself you need to hand the baton over to somebody else and let somebody else look after it it's the same as anything if you're not able to blow your own nose, get somebody else to blow it for you. I heard that one this week. I thought it was quite funny and quite straight. But it really kind of makes the point. They're like, if somebody, God forbid, somebody's paralyzed tomorrow and you're not able to blow your nose, you have to get somebody else to do it for you. If you've lost the ability to look after your nutrition and your training, you need to get someone else to do it for you, you know? It's probably, I'm kind of hitting a bit of a light bulb moment even in my own head saying that, but if, you, if you're overweight, it means you are not in the ability to look after your weight. So you either go and ask someone else to do it or you reevaluate what you're doing. Exactly. It's kinda it's it's going back to that uh, that big red fuck it button. And I kinda I kinda noticed it myself, you know, uh, especially in the office environment, you know, if you've had a stressful week in work and you cut and then you come home, it's all this 
oh, I, you raid the fridge, you have your dinner and then you're like, that that keeps it full, but it's like, fuck, you see uh, the chocolate bar hanging about or whatever it is, or the bottle of beer. You're going for that and you're justifying it by saying, I've had a hard day, I've had a long day, pity me, I'm having a fuck exactly. it. And look, I, I probably... I probably with my maturity in coaching people in the last couple of years and I suppose speaking to kind of high quality coaches in the past couple of years I've changed my mindset of being the nice guy being oh look that's okay we'll get over forget about it rather than you're a bollock why did you do that you know it's just basically they're paying me to be accountable like if they wanted me to be their friend they wouldn't be paying me you know so like that's why anytime like this idea of this right or any of this shit but if you're coming in and you're paying me for a plan and you go and you blow the arse out of it, deep down you know you want me to absolutely eat you alive or take skin off you. Because you're like, why did you do that? No, you done it because you're a baller, you know? And you know your dad. When you're feeling shit and you're feeling sorry for yourself again next week and you go and you open the fridge door, you're going to get the shiver thinking, ripped off me or my actual you know? So, at the end of the day, it's very simple, but when you know you have somebody there and you're thinking, I'm after throwing a couple of hundred quid into working with this guy for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, fuck that. Like, I've, I've given up on my week's wages, or in some cases, two or three weeks' wages, to get results out of this. I'm not going to self-sabotage. Exactly. It's, it's really tying into... Even just the idea of you're sitting there and you've been do you've been doing this for whatever couple of weeks or a couple of months, as like what the fuck, uh, my top isn't fitting me now and oh, it, m- it must be the the dinners I'm having or whatever and you're not the light bulb isn't clicking that it's like look at you're getting maybe two thirds of the step count you're supposed to be getting and you're coming back after having your dinner and you're having the extra 300 calories as and like you're sitting there on Netflix and you're justifying it because you had a tough yeah. day at work. You're not prioritizing what yeah, you need like, to be doing. The prime example of it is like I see a couple of my close friends there come from <clears throat> training four nights a week, training very hard and being in very, very good shape. Now talking to me in the last couple of weeks. What's going on? Like these double chins are coming out of nowhere, and these kind of spare tears are right the way. What's going on? But they are. It's just a lot of it can be a lack of knowledge and just really knowing you're doing wrong, but just thinking, I know, look, this is grand. Pop will be back next week. Pop will be back next week. Pop not going back anytime soon. So having that bit of an understanding, and I said that I see myself just having that. Kind of harsh words with yourself and realize, right, you keep going the way you're going and you put on two or three stone and then hate life and just realize what's going on, or you completely nip it in the bud now. Hey folks, thanks for listening to today's episode. It was very much orientated towards team sports, so uh, something different. We did kind of go through nutrition, so it's quite relatable for people who might be a bit fond of the drink like Sean and uh, myself. Mentality, ego, and not going two days without doing something. So thanks for listening. Chat soon.